Hi everyone, Natsumice here again, back with another video. And in this one, I'm going to talk about the mirror effects when it comes to raising capital and things that you're subconsciously doing that actually repels capital and investors away from you. Uh, because, you know, when it comes to, you know, generally when it comes to the way we think, uh, you know, we think that when we do one action, when we, when we have one action or we put things in one direction, like, you know, we want to you know, establish, we want to raise capital either to grow a business like anywhere from 1 million to 100 million or raise capital to acquire business on the buy side of things. When it comes to that, we just think in terms of going forward. There's just, you know, a thought that, oh, you know, if I just do this and apply this action, um, A goes to B, then I'm going to go and get my desired result. What a lot of people have that actually prevents them from getting to that next level and getting, instead of getting, you know, it's not my criteria or take me off your email list, instead of getting all those messages, you know, there, there's something that people lack that um, is actually keeping them chained down so that they're not able to actually close their deals or even get any meetings with investors or any substantial things done. And it all has to do with, um, it's, the, it's, it's, what, it's what is called the progenitor uh, feedback loop. And it's something that, you know, it's obviously in every single discipline. It's in, this is in the laws of physics, this is in sociology, biology, chemistry, and everything. And the way it works is, um, you know, you think of the, the golden rule, do unto others as you want others to do unto yourself. You think of, um, you know, the laws of physics, you know, Newton's uh, laws of motion, and the fact that you know, for every action, there is an equal and opposite reaction. You know, these things are all cliche, but these things are actually, you know, parts of systems when it comes to the financial world as well. Because um, there are several examples that I can walk through. And generally, whenever an organization, the leader of an organization, like the, the company that you're working in, the lead, whenever the leader of the organization uh, presents and acts a certain way and exhibits certain traits, these traits are typically mirrored in the person's environment when a person goes to raise capital. And I'm going to show you some specific examples of how it actually prevents people from getting to the level, level they want to be at. Um, and so I'm going to take you through. So we have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight examples. And, you know, the first one, you know, I'm going to tell you, I guess it's the most straightforward one, is the idea of uh, self-investment. Because on a fundamental level, you know, we want you know, people who are watching this generally want people to invest $1 million to $100 million equity or debts into their company. Yet, what is amazing is that so many people hesitate to invest even a few hundred bucks into themselves, um, you know, rather than, you know, investing money to just look like they're successful, but actually investing money in being successful. So, you know, beyond just paying for degrees and things. So actually, you know, understand you know, paying for you know, different books, different services, different uh, programs, different trainings, uh, different even clothes, presentation, um, tools, uh, media, content. People, you know, it's really interesting how people choose to invest in their own life. And when you're looking to ask an investor to invest millions of dollars into your deal, and then, um, it's like, you know, you, you take a ride with say, some of your co-founders, you know, to meet them or whatever. And then, you know, they see you, they, they see you arrive, you know, with, with dress shoes that look dirty and things like that. Then, 
they won't take you seriously. Um, and even if the way you present yourself, the way that, you know, you show in a video, the way that, you know, if you have like, if you're sitting somewhere and you have like your mother walking behind you or something like that, people are not going to take you seriously. And, you know, you look like you're in some rented, like small place that is really, you know, dirty and, and unclean. People won't take you seriously. And uh, even subconsciously how you think. So that's number one. So generally, um, you know, uh, investing in yourself before you expect others to invest in you and it's going to show it's so this is more of a long-term thing but it definitely is one of the main pieces so you know with this there's also the idea of the scarcity mindset so if um if you like act com over competitive and act scarce to when it comes to others uh, people will to you and you know when you close all your doors to other people people will generally close off to you um for example you know, one, one thing people do a lot is, um, you know, they say, oh, you know, I'm not going to, you know, open any doors for people or make any introductions and things like that. And whenever people do this, uh, then they wonder why it's so hard for other people to get introductions for themselves. Because oftentimes, you know, when you, when you just have these, you know, uh, altruistic behaviors for other people, when you're working on somebody and then you help somebody without you gaining anything, what often happens is that that person can also introduce you to people who can help you in your capital raise. And so if you see somebody that needs help in your capital raise process, just be a free hand and help them. Because maybe you talk to somebody who's an investor and they don't choose to invest in your deal because it doesn't fit in their criteria. But if down the road, you know, you speak to somebody else who's struggling the same way and then you remember, oh, this other investor I spoke to, it's in my criteria, just help them out because, you know, that goodwill can come back and help you out. And um, just by even, uh, you know, teaching and helping people, uh, it helps cement the things that you've learned that works and doesn't work. And so I don't know if you noticed one theme about all the things we're discussing, but it's generally the theme that all these things are more long term. But the long term things are the things that make people the money and raise people the capital. But that's the thing. Those are the things that nobody talks about. So, you know, another one is uh, thinking big. So whenever you speak to an investor and then, you, you know, you mention, um, you know, if you don't really, if you don't think big or you don't, you know, when it comes to your pitch deck, your proposal, your plans, uh, if you don't think big, uh, then you're not going to have investors who are serious approach you because, you know, there are some people that, you know, they fill in some of the the information on, on one of our companies, Aeropolis Capital, and then, you know, you see people want to raise like a few thousand dollars and so on. And so anyone who wants to raise something like that, you know, you might as well just get a loan or something like that. But if you want to raise some serious amounts of capital, you know, you have to think big and you have to understand that, um, you know, when it comes to institutional, you, you have to think big. And it's a really interesting mindset to get into because some people, when they're working on raising, they're they're generating you know a few thousand dollars, and that's really normal. When you're talking about you know the most you've seen is a few thousand dollars here and there, uh, or even hundreds of thousands of dollars. But then you're talking about hundreds of millions of dollars or tens of millions of dollars. It's a kind of a dissonance, but just getting over that hump and uh, forgetting the fact that it's a big jump. You know, it brings comforts when you're speaking to certain parties so that you're not talking about something that is like basically, you know, the point is just get used to it and, um, you know, forget about that initial hump. You know, next it comes to organization, you know, because, you know, in the small things, if you're unorganized and you're, 
um, with, with how you conduct yourself, people who are unorganized would typically come towards you. And it's, it's really interesting because, um, you know, when you, you, you know, you have your processes and your procedures and your company working like clockwork and, um, you know, somebody goes to see it, they look at your data room, they go to see it, you know, you're going to have people who are generally refined, uh, come to understand your data room. And, you just attract the types of people that you you set up and if you have all of your documents intact you have your financial statements audited and everything then you're going to attract the people who can do the same who, who understand how to read those things you have your subscription agreements you know properly set up you have your data room set up you have your pitch deck your your teammates your share structure set up because there are some companies I know that are going public and they don't even have a share agreement. And so those are the things that make somebody, make organized investors who have their companies and their people under them, you know, come to look at an organized company. But if you're not, because the, the problem is that you have to become the person that you want to attract. And the thing is that these investors, they're very organized. They're very, you know, they're very disciplined. Many of them, they're very organized. And if you don't become that person, then you won't be able to attract that person. So that's why the organization is very key. And, you know, grown men with huge companies and stuff, you know, still struggle with this simple fact. People who even own broker dealers, you know, have a horrible organization and it's sad and it's rampant, especially in our industry that is really low tech. And so this is something that is to be taken seriously if you want people to take you seriously. Um, you know, next, yeah, the people that you spend time with and your, where you invest your time. Because if you don't invest your time in the right way, you're not going to expect, how can you expect somebody to invest their time in you? And, you know, it's a simple self-respect thing because, you know, you're generally, the, you're generally the average of the five people you spend your time with. And so that's why, you know, what we do, we assist people in building their own compliance investor group so that they can spend time with investors, even the ones that say no to, because one can build win-win games and situations for people so that they can get in the right mindset. Because some people who we work with haven't seen a deal before. They haven't even originated a deal before. They don't know how it works. And so just by surrounding yourself with the people who you'd like to attract, even if they don't work with you right now, or even if they don't fund you right now, it gets you out of the mindset of the scarcity mindset or of the mindset that, oh, this deal doesn't work. Uh, it's not going to work. Um, and then just leaving somebody alone. Because if you pick and choose people you work with in that regard, then people are going to pick and choose working with you. And it's just a circle effect. You know, another one is uh, control. So sometimes the best way to get control is to give it out, is to let go of it, actually. And, you know, some people, when they have their companies, there are two problems. Some people, they don't have alignments um, and they mix up autonomy and alignments. So, you know, when it comes to how people organize their own company, they have a lot of people that are really, you know, either somebody can be really tightly controlled because they're a micromanaging freak, or they're micromanage everyone, or it can be a lot of, uh, you know, or or sometimes there's there's a struggle with uh, alignments. So alignment is just how aligned are your team members with your goals, and so you know if you try to control everybody and have them do everything you want, ironically, um, because of this control, there's going to be very little innovation and entrepreneurialism. And when there's less entrepreneurialism and, uh, and innovation, then uh, your company is actually something that is uh, very rigid and stiff. And, um, you know, 
like it, it, there's there are times for this here and there but you know what's going to happen is that you're going to attract those same people who aren't really innovative and um who are, who wants to work with a tightly wound thing uh, but if you have more you know if you give the the people you work with if you trust them and give them more autonomy then they're going to be more less controlled but then what's ironic is that you're going to have more control because um by giving people freedom the freedom that you have you give yourself the freedom to work in a company that can allow for innovation. And by doing that, you're going to get some of the te best uh, investors that understand some of these advanced team building things. Same thing comes with alignments. Um, if you don't have a mission, so if your company is just for, hey, you know, let me just build a company for the sake of buying a Ferrari or whatever, uh, then you're going to have very low alignments. Uh, people don't want to live and leave their family to work for somebody who just wants to buy a Ferrari. But if you have a company where, oh, you know, you're you're doing something, you know, big mission or whatever, you know, you're saving the world or whatever, then people will have more alignments. Uh, the right people will. And by having people have the right alignments, you're actually going to have more control in the sense or more, I guess, more control and, and do something that's bigger. So you will attract people, investors that have more alignments. And so these are the things. But if you don't have any alignments or any autonomy, you give the people who work with you. Uh, then what's going to happen is, uh, you know, you're going to attract a lower quality of investors because, you know, overall the company strategy won't be there. And, you know, finally, you know, it also comes down to uh, being deterministic. Because one thing that, one thing about a lot of these investors, they're very deterministic and they try to have as much uh, ownership over what they do as possible, uh, especially the bigger ones, um, broadly speaking. Because, you know, if you don't have any, um, yeah, so if you don't have any, um, I guess, self-ownership self, self -ownership over, you know, what you're building, if you blame, like, the governments, like, other people, um, you know, like, like, the floor tiles you're walking on for the fact that your business didn't get funded, then, you know, then you actually become more combative and you actually uh, repel investors because, uh, investors always try to map the linkage between causes and effects. Like, why is it that when I put this input here of capital here, I get that output? And a lot of control investors, that's why they call them control investors through the ones that are control, they make capital allocation decisions for their company. Because if you look at, for example, Warren Buffett and some of the top investors, they let the, the, the companies that they buy, they let the companies that they buy make every decision except for the capital allocation decisions and incentive decisions of the people who run the company. So the point is to have a good mapping between the cause and effects via capital allocation decisions and incentive decisions. So, you know, seeing that, you know, understanding that if you blame yourself uh, for the things in your company, then you're going to be able to focus your energy on uh, the cause and effects relationships in your company. Thus, you'll be able to think like how an investor thinks. And when you do that, then you start to attract the people who who think like you. And it's, it's all thanks to, you know, some of the cognitive biases we have because we like to be attracted to the people who are similar, who will share our values and so on. And so by adopting them, some of the values of, you know, serious, uh, you know, either lenders or investors who who actually takes big scrutiny when they review a deal, then you'll be able to um, attract that which you seek. And finally, get back to people on time. This is the one I struggled with for a while. You know, throughout a quick while, I was working with several you know, people here and there. One bad trait was just not getting back to people and telling them yes or no quickly. Because if you want somebody to tell you yes or no quickly, 
you have to tell other people yes or no quickly. You have to be, you have to say yes or no, and you have to be very um, decisive. And you have to cut off, so don't leave anything hanging. Because if you want somebody to fund your deal right away, and, and you want there to be a yes or a no, then in your own business, look at how many yeses or nos you have. Because, you know, if you don't come with somebody with that urgency and that determination to do it yes and say yes or no now on the call, then how could you justify other people doing that for you? With this, I thank you for watching this video. This has been a quick one just to understand, you know, how to attract those that you want in the capital raising space. And if you would like to learn, you know, the capital raising process, you know, just contact us at aeropoliscapital.com. So I thank you for watching this one and we'll see you in the next one.